0: Welcome sleuths, suspects, and witnesses to another fun night of our virtual book festival 2023. We're having a great time. Um, I've heard so many great stories from so many amazing authors. Uh, My TBR list grows every single time we host one of these things, and I hope yours does too um here we go tonight's nightly schedule we are starting a little bit late tonight because i was having internet issues however i will try to keep us as close to an hour on the clock as i can possibly get the author readings tonight christopher gare is doing an amazing brand new oh my goodness book launch cover launch big reveal everything this book i don't even think it's available to the general public is it yet christopher
1: no not yet
0: see it's all brand new you guys an infant book right here you're gonna see it birthed before you also lisa jakowski is going to be reading from her latest book which is let's talk learning to bowl this is the third in her let's talk series which is super super exciting i'm so excited for you (laughs) so much fun um lisa i'm gonna have you read first pretty please if you will when you are ready yep hold that up a little bit closer so we can see it so this is called let's talk learning to bowl yay so when you are ready ma'am
2: please take the microphone and read aloud all right this is my brand new book came out in august hi my name is harper and i have been going on so many adventures with my best friend emma one of my favorite adventures so far has been when we went to the zoo with our daddies We not only got to see so many animals, but we made a new friend. Our new friend's name is Jerry. And at first he did not understand Emma on account she has autism. That is just a fancy way of saying she learns differently from us. And sometimes she may act silly by flapping her hands. But Jerry was so nice to us and opened Emma's way of showing how excited she was. He even began to act silly and flap his hands with our daddies and us. We all had the best time. Our next adventure was learning how to bowl. Jerry already knew how to bowl and he was in what he called a bowling league. Of course, Emma and I wanted to try it out too. So we signed up with Jerry. He told us there were people called coaches who could help teach us how to bowl. We were so excited about this, our new adventure. It was finally the day to go to the bowling alley for our first lesson. When we got there, our mommies told us we needed to put on our masks before we could go inside. We must wear a mask over our nose and mouth to not get sick from that nasty virus. Inside, we put on new shoes that were kind of funny looking and made us giggle. Then Emma took her mask off and I frowned because I was surprised she did not want to keep it on. Her mommy helped her to put it on and showed her the card that said mask on. When Emma had her mask back on, we went to find Jerry, who was already at the lane waiting for them with his shoes on. Hi guys, Jerry said and waved. Then he pointed and said, we have special bowling balls already set for us. The coaches say they're six pounds. Wow, those are for us, I asked, walking over to the bowling ball. I put my hands in, but it was kind of hard to fit. Then another kid, I think he was a teenager because he looked older than us, but not old like our mommies and Jerry's dad. He came over and said he was a bowling coach. His name is Phil. He said we could call him Coach Phil. He seemed nice and said he could help me with putting my hand in the ball. That ball was not light. I went to throw it down the lane and Coach Phil came over to help me. He helped me put my hand in the ball and showed me how to throw it down the lane. My ball went right into the gutter. I laughed anyway and Coach Phil said that was okay as it was my first try. Next, it was Emma's turn. She smiled at Phil and flapped her hands. Before she picked the ball up, Emma took her mask off. Coach Phil said, Emma, we have to keep our masks on. Please put yours back on. Emma ignored Coach Phil and tried putting her hand in the ball herself and picking it up. Coach Phil tried to help Emma, but she ignored him. She took the ball from Phil and went to throw it down the lane. Coach Phil laughed and helped Emma put her mask back on when she walked back over. When it was time for Jerry to bowl, I walked over to my mommy who was sitting with Emma's and Jerry's daddy. Emma keeps taking her mask off and I don't understand why I said while frowning. Miss Therese, Emma's mommy said, She has difficulty with the mask because she has what is called sensory processing disorder. That is just a fancy way of saying her senses can become overwhelmed. She tries to do what she can to relax, which means taking the mask off. Oh, okay. She's uncomfortable and it is too much for her. That is why she takes it off. But she understands the card that says she has to put it back on, I said. Yes, because she can read and understand the card, she will put it back on easily, Miss Therese said. Thank you for telling me. I will show Coach Phil how to use the cards Then I replied and walked back to the lane where it was now my turn. After Coach Phil showed me how to throw the ball down the lane, I walked over to where Emma's side was with her cards. I said, Coach Phil, Emma has autism and does not understand that we have to keep the mask on. If you show her these cards, she can read and understand a lot better than if you ask her to put the mask back on. Wow, that is great to know. Thank you, Harper. I will use those from now on. Coach Phil smiled at Harper. It was now Emma's turn to bowl. She immediately took her mask off and went to put her hand in the bowling ball. Coach Phil walked over to Emma with her note cards. He took out the card that read "mask on to Emma and she immediately put it on. Before she could put her hand in the ball, Coach Phil took out the card that said wait. Emma immediately stopped and allowed Coach Phil to take her hand and guide her to put the correct fingers in the ball. Then Coach Phil guided Emma to the lane and helped her to throw the ball. It went immediately into the gutter. That did not bother Emma, who jumped up and down with a big smile, flapping her hands. Coach Phil showed her the card that said high five, and he was able to give her one. Coach Phil came over to me and said, you know, Harper, I have not worked with anyone with autism before. Thank you for telling me and showing me how to communicate with Emma. I found it easy to help her. With a big smile, I said, you are very welcome, Coach Phil. We had so much fun that day and every week when we went bowling with Jerry and Coach Phil. Emma took her mask off a lot, pretty much anytime she had to wear it. I had to use her cards a lot to remind her to put it on and that it was safe. But I did not mind because that is what best friends are for. And that's my third most recent book. Yay! thank you guys
0: thank you i love hearing your stories i love the inclusivity and uh and and i just love how easy you make it for little people to to understand complex things so
2: i'm so glad that's awesome that's exactly what i always want so that's that's amazing that makes my night Thank you yeah uh, you did it congratulations <laughs> um
0: tonight christopher gare will be reading from his brand new oh my goodness brand new book it's so brand new i have to show it to you christopher doesn't even have a physical copy of it yet and this is it the big cover reveal I, I had to chris if i had a trumpet and knew how to play it i would have
1: That's okay. No, I really kind of challenged my uh, cover artist with this one, too. She says, What do you want me to do? And I said, Well, here's what the story's about, you figure it out.
0: It's it's very, very cool cover. I like it a lot. This is Christopher's new book, butterflies, I have known and I am incredibly intrigued by this title. Um, I know you're going to give us a little bit of setup for um, this brand new book, because it is a brand new launch kind of thing and I'm super excited every time I told you every time you write something new I'm so super excited for you um, for those of one you,
1: person is thank you
0: <laughs> Well for those of you who don't know Christopher was the first real author I ever met live and in person um, and I I was completely floored and I've been a little bit of a fan girl ever since so thank you Christopher for you know
1: you know we're fans of yours too.
0: I'm not as good as you are, but that's okay. All right, Um, Christopher, please take the microphone, tell us about this amazing book and then read some of it for us, please.
1: So uh, I'm gonna read what will be the back cover print. Uh, Otherwise, if I try to describe it, it'll take me 20 minutes, so.
0: (laughs) That dreaded synopsis thing.
1: (laughs) The synopsis thing is, university professor Matthew Richter hates complications. Planning his every day down to the second leaves no opportunity for a social life, which he doesn't feel the need for anyway. Jian Wei helps run his family's business. The only thing he enjoys more than tormenting his parents and siblings with endless pranks is plotting his next trick on a certain uptight customer. Though so different, chance inexplicably draws them both to a World War II photography exhibit and aging photographer, Milton Glass. Milton shares the story of two soldiers brutally cut down on the battlefield that has haunted him for the better part of his life and his suspicions that the soldiers shared a bond they never fully realized. Now in the twilight of his life, Milton can't help but wonder if Matthew and Gian share a potential bond of their own. Could they possibly be the same men from so long ago returned for a second chance at being together?
3: Wow.
0: Yeah, yeah. this was in my head for a while. So I've got
1: two short scenes from um, about maybe a third of the way through. Gian rinsed the last of the breakfast dishes in the sink and set them in the rack to dry. What is bothering you, Jian? Jian jumped. His father had the best luck sneaking up on him at the most inopportune moments, then disappearing just as quickly and quietly. What makes you think something is bothering me? He set the sponge down in the holder and dried his hands. Because you never could hide your feelings. Baba paused for a moment. You're very un-Chinese that way. Jian turned, rested his hands on his hips, and glared at the man who claimed to be able to, and actually probably could, read him so well. I can hide what I'm feeling just fine. I'm a master of deception and see all. Our former dog played possum better, his father announced with deadpan precision and sincerity. He did not. He was actually a sheep. What? How could anyone tell with all that hair? Seriously? She had you fooled, much to our amusement, and she also played hide and seek better. Eh, probably true, but should a father be saying such things to his firstborn son? Probably not. You're comparing me to a dog. That's because she was also more obedient. What is this, pick on GN Day? He narrowed his eyes. You realize as you're oldest i will be choosing your retirement home. Your grandmother will probably personally and gleefully escort me into an early grave if given the chance. You can save the money for the retirement home and instead take your mother out to a nice dinner each week. Baba raised an eyebrow. Now, what are you thinking about? Jian glanced at the ceiling, figured it couldn't hurt, and finally met his father's gaze. Do Chinese believe in reincarnation? A very complicated question. Okay, you should have known better. Let me narrow it down. Do you believe in reincarnation? Baba regarded him with a blank expression, the same expression Jian could never seem to master and consequently brought doubt regarding his true heritage. I believe that there are many possibilities and we cannot know them all while we are here. For those who believe in it, perhaps it is the way of things for them and they appear again to experience something new or something old, something left undone. For those who don't, perhaps they simply go to sleep and perhaps some of them live in their dreams forever where they're happiest. As for me, I don't know yet, but I am in no hurry to find out. I am, unlike you, content in this life and the blows keep coming. What makes you think I'm not content? His father pointed a finger towards Jian's head. One look at your hair is the only clue I need. You are still trying to discover who you are and how you fit into this world. It's like when you used to try to entertain your siblings by making fun of me, or when you would show them card tricks. If you'd spent as much time learning how to use chopsticks and studying as you did wasting time like that. I had a difficult time using chopsticks? Gian couldn't remember that. Must have blocked that little trauma out of his memory. It was embarrassing, Bubba lowered his voice. We used to tell people in restaurants that you were the visiting son of a distant Japanese relative. Proud. Something else occurred to him. How old was I? You were five. I don't remember trying to show Lena and hand card tricks. Of course, there was the bigger issue here. And you had me studying at the age of five? For all the good it did, the only thing you learned was how to be stubborn. You wouldn't even tell me where you learned those card tricks. You probably wouldn't believe me if I did tell you. Jian needed to make sense of it all, and his father clearly wasn't going to be able to help. Judge? Yes. Help? No. He needed... Jian sighed. He simply needed. One other person was going through the same thing, though. At least Matthew had better be going through the same feelings. Your facial expressions speak louder than your voice. Baba turned to leave. You need to learn to be more like me. Feed me enough brand fiber and I will. Matthew joined his father on the couch, sat there and watched 10 minutes of mind numbing garbage that nearly left him screaming in his own head. You're awfully quiet this evening, dad remarked. I'm quiet every evening. Another 30 seconds passed. His father grabbed the remote off the table in front of them. I'm gonna turn on Fox News unless you start talking. Don't even joke. Well, at least that's a reaction of some kind. Dad pushed the mute button on the TV and went silent. Does this have anything to do with Gian? It's complicated, Matthew muttered. You're not a fan of complicated and you never have been, have you? No judgment in his father's voice, just a statement in the guise of a question. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Dad set the remote back down the table and turned towards him. Talk to me about something else then. Someone recently told me a story, a story about two young soldiers who lived 70 years ago. They met, for all intents and purposes, fell in love without consciously realizing it, and died before they could acknowledge their relationship for what it was, or see where it might go, if it could even exist at all. Okay, Dad nodded. Why couldn't it exist? Because of the time they were born. Things were very different back then. Things were different here 20 years ago. at 10 years ago. Imagine the 1940s. And the story bothers you why? His father's voice remained calm, which actually helped Matthew maintain his own calm, despite the emotions welling inside him. Because they died? Partially. So much about the story bothered him, so much. It's how they died. One was killed after a shell went off near him on the battlefield, and the other apparently couldn't imagine life without him. So he walked towards the enemy, pointed to where they should shoot him, and they did. So they could be reunited? (laughs) Matthew laughed humorlessly a romantic notion, and I don't know if I believe in that. That's what really scares you, isn't it? That leap of faith in believing in something beyond which you can prove or disprove. Dad squeezed Matthew's shoulder. You struggled with that as a child and as a teenager. I can only imagine how you still struggle with it as an adult. You never could accept love defies proof or disproof. Oh, it gets better. Matthew closed his eyes, a tinge of shame creeping into his stomach at even admitting what he was about to. Milton Glass is convinced Jean and I are the reincarnated souls of those soldiers. That we've come back to be together in the way that we couldn't back then. He opened his eyes again. Well, let me ask you this. Would it be so horrible if the story was somehow true? His father broke out into a smile that radiated absolute warmth and none of the emotions Matthew currently felt. Imagine how special that would make you 2 To go to such lengths to be together. To struggle the first 30 years of your lives without each other and feeling like the other part of you was out there somewhere, just not being able to find them. Matthew stared in disbelief. He thought for sure his father would scoff at the idea. You're even entertaining the thought? It's crazy. Reincarnation? There's so much we don't know about, Maddie. There's so much that can't be proven yet. Reincarnation is one of them. Could be true, might not be. If you want crazy, your Aunt Patty swears up and down she's the reincarnated soul of Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock is still alive. And now you know what makes it sound so crazy.
0: Yay! Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait for this book to come out. I'm gonna show everybody the screen one more time so you guys can see this amazing cover. This is Butterflies I Have Known by Christopher Garrett. This is so much fun. Chris, when does this come out?
1: This will be out most likely the end of may very beginning of june at the latest
0: that's so exciting so you'll be happy to gift me a copy from my birthday in june right
1: of course you even have <laughs> <to ask. laughs>
0: my birthday's in june too yeah I, actually deborah and my birthday is the same day so yes is so deborah you know, one of
1: the new people here I, I <laughs> call that name <laughs> <Man>. <laughs>
0: that was awesome Christopher thank you so much thank you Lisa for your reading as well can can you you hold up your book one more time Lisa so we can see it this is let's talk learning to bowl yay okay um so much fun so much fun and yet and yet the fun is not over we're going to be doing more fun are you guys ready I don't think you're ready okay Uh, I don't think you're ready. All right, but we're going to do it anyway. Here we go. Um, This is day 25 of what started out as the case of the missing manuscript has now evolved into the case of the assassinated author. Why? Well, because Andrew Allen Smith stole the sardonic manuscript. And then, not long afterward, he was assassinated, crumpled there in a big heap in the middle of the library lobby floor. Who is the culprit? Why did they do the deed? This is what we're trying to figure out, and we don't have much longer to come to a conclusion. Our suspects, Chloe Halliday, Melinda Falgo, Ruby Fink, Christopher Gare, Amy Kelso, who is still at her library associations meeting this weekend, Jules Nelson, uh, Marianne Wieland, and Deborah Reed andrew's spirit regrets he is not able to join the zoom room tonight but you never know watch the facebook page things may show up when we least expect it it happened when he was alive i don't see why it won't happen when he's dead so you've all collected your clues turn on your microphones we have tonight and the 26th and the 27th and then your accusations must be slung by mid- noon on the 28th. And then we'll all gather for the big reveal the night of the 28th. So there's not much time left. So turn on your microphones. Let's get the interrogations started. Who would like to begin? Deborah, go ahead. Well, I am just gonna
4: call out Christopher because (laughs) I asked him last night if he ever visiting his husband in China, if he ever had flights with layovers to Sardonia. And he said no. And you know, I was like, that doesn't sit right with me. So I did a little bit of research because, you know, I investigate and everything really well, and found out that he actually several times did take flights with layovers in Sardonia and met with the royal family.
0: Well, you know, he was working undercover for almost three full weeks, so a little lying doesn't seem to be beneath him at this point. Christopher, do you have anything to say for yourself?
1: Yeah. Deborah, were you... Did you have on your bifocals? Because I really don't think you saw that quite right.
4: I know I'm right.
1: I have never set foot in that country, layover or otherwise.
4: Really, because I surprised you once when you got off the plane because I followed
1: you there. Seriously, bifocals.
4: (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't miss your face.
1: What were you aiming for?
0: Okay, um, uh, to, to answer your question, Mackenzie, Sardinia in, is in an obscure part of the Mediterranean. <laughs> we don't entirely know exactly where, because it's a very teeny tiny little country that's very strange and obscure. Um, so, there's the answer to that question. Anybody else have any other questions for our suspects? Go ahead, Ruby.
5: So I have to confess that uh, before I had my vision, when I met up with Melinda, I was contacted by someone in the Royal family to help her uh, realize that she uh, was a Royal family member. Um, The thing was they uh, wanted me to help collect all 12 copies um because they would have to destroy them all and rewrite the history of them i'm curious if anybody else uh was well who knows you might all lie to me but (laughs) was anyone else aware that we were going to have to destroy these uh copies as well and hmm.
0: that's that is an interesting question yeah did you hear anything mary kind (laughs) of (laughs) <laughs> um, so first of all i want to respond to melinda in the chat she said um mm. that it was a, a sign saying welcome to and you are now leaving it's actually it, mm. on the front of the sign it says welcome to sardonia and on the back of the sign it says you are now leaving sardonia but you were very remote. small country i mean i know you've never been there so i'll forgive you the small faux pas but that's how it works um so i was
3: told yeah.
0: yes i mean you have been doing research i know you haven't been there I, i'm not even entirely <laughs> certain you own a passport so just in case <laughs> um <laughs> jen rinaldi says it's a country used by hallmark christmas movies it could very well be we just don't know
1: is there any suspect who hasn't had contact with the royal family also that
0: Jules, have you heard from yeah. the royal family at all?
1: No, I. I mean,
6: I'm assuming that yeah, because we discovered that the notes that I got were from Marianne, because that was the book that she wanted me to hide for her. So, well, and I, she's
0: and she's I already fast know. up to the fact that yeah. she didn't really get contact from Interpol. She got contacted from the royal family.
6: Yeah, um, so she got contacted perfect. from the royal family.
0: Christopher spoke with the royal family. Mm-hmm. Um, Ruby spoke with the royal family. Deborah followed Christopher to Sardonia, but we don't know if she spoke with the royal family or not. And Chloe, Chloe? Chloe, have you been in contact with the royal family at all? No. Okay. Um, uh, hmm. we, we also know that um, Andrew Smith was indeed related to the royal family um Deborah, didn't you mention something about his uncle Heingrist and the recent diagnosis um there was a recent diagnosis
4: of schizophrenia with Heingrist gist, whatever his name was I don't know um so and I mean I could have written that story because the news was about to break but I knew that there was something bigger like I could just feel it you know when you're reporter you just kind of have these feelings so I kind of held off on that um but yeah there there was a recent diagnosis of that and I know like King Fisher whatever his name is seriously these people
0: with the weird names <laughs> um it is a foreign country
4: yes well he was really ill too so if like the first two in line for the throne were you know dead not able to lead you know because death does that to people yeah
0: and yeah i mean who is next indeed um jen to to answer your question in the chat does andrew have a tattoo we don't know um if and and i doubt that he would admit to such a thing it's kind of a personal question
7: but marianne probably knows
0: (laughs) but (laughs) if you go back and watch any of the replay thank you christopher i feel your pain um if you go back and um watch any of the replays you'll see that in all of the replays andrew is wearing a long sleeve shirt so we don't know what else he may have been hiding
8: uh, Mark Love, go ahead. I would be surprised if the coroner's report after examining the dead body didn't include something about tattoos, scars, and distinguishing features. I mean, I know there's a lot of territory to cover with a body the size of Andrew, but come on, there should be some mention of it.
0: <laughs> Again, Christopher, I feel your pain. Um. <laughs> As, as far as, gosh, it's really sad he's not here. Um, as, as far as we know, Christopher has not yet received the coroner's report. Correct, Christopher? You have not received that?
1: That is correct.
0: Okay. So we're still waiting to get the coroner's report and the toxicology. We got the toxicology back, right? That's how we found out it was sodium cyanide? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: That, okay, that was going to go a little quicker because they didn't have to strip them.
0: <laughs> right, <laughs> a large man. Okay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> okay. Um, Mark, I feel your pain. Um, okay. Anybody else have any questions? Yes, okay. Jen, it, it does usually take six weeks, um, sometimes longer to get a coroner's report. Um, and- Melinda's had
4: a hand up a bit.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. thank you, Melinda. Go ahead. Well, you have to be you have to be louder. I'm watching 15 people on a screen. <laughs> um, well, I'm just very curious
3: because well, I have sort of a little tiny confession to make. Oh no. Um, Mark McGraw once asked if I would show my checkbook to show where I was getting all of this money uh-huh. to make these sizable donations uh-huh. to the library. Uh-huh. Ruby just said that you know, she had been contacted by the royal family, supposedly my family, and was wondering about destroying these books. Ruby actually gave me the money to make the sizable donation. No, she, she did. Oh and my- at first I was very, very reluctant to do so because heaven forbid I do anything illegal, you know, like mm. Steve. Um but <laughs> anyway. Eventually, she said that she saw a really great future for both of us. And so I thought, okay, it's okay if I take the money and do this
6: because I was so desperate
3: to find the information in the book. But now I'm just wondering, was she using me to get close to the book just so she could destroy it?
5: Oh, I absolutely was. I, I definitely wanted to have the large uh, reward that would come from setting you up, but you would have been a princess. So why are you mad at me? Yeah.
6: Where did Ruby get the money? Uh, I mean, that was my life
5: savings. And yeah. I was told it was a good investment. And well, yeah. uh, I see that it, it's very unfortunate that we weren't able to do it because I was really looking forward to a nice little uh, cottage in a... Nice little part of Ireland. So it's really unfortunate that this didn't work out for the
6: better. Well, you couldn't possibly have gotten the money from reading palms and tarot cards. I mean, you'd be surprised.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There are a lot
0: of gullible people in the world. I mean, look at poor Melinda. She was hoodwinked into all of this and she's been just looking for family.
4: Yeah. Considering how. Fuzzy Ruby's uh, <laughs> right. are, then yeah, I, if people would have to be pretty gullible in order to put money in her hand.
5: I mean, you bought it for
4: three weeks, so I mean, who's the gullible one? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't
6: buy it. It
8: was, Ruby was selling Bitcoin.
0: Ah,
5: no, that's not a good investment these days.
8: <laughs> Precisely,
0: <laughs> NFTs. I don't know. Um, okay, who who else has anything? We have about three minutes or so left. Does anybody else have any questions or God forbid, any more confessions?
6: <laughs> well, I kind of do. I mean oh, I no. shouldn't I shouldn't point the finger at Ruby for being oh, no uh, now Chloe said she's never been contacted by the royal family, but when Ruby came in, or not Ruby, Chloe came into town. She told me she was an she was an agent from the royal family, and uh, I believed her. I believed she said she was there to collect the manuscript, and um, so. so I- so, yeah. tonight's
0: Sesame Street Word of the Night is gullible. Is that what we're going for here? <laughs> yes,
6: <laughs> apparently <laughs>
0: um, Chloe, do you have anything to say on this crazy conversation we're having here?
6: Yeah,
7: um, I was not contacted by anyone from the royal family, but um yeah i i um uh, I had my own motives um in this particular. Um uh, caper but yeah I did I did um, let her believe that I was an agent for the royal family
0: so yeah everybody's so just been told so, right so Andrew's been impersonating an author all this time when he was really a thief and now Chloe is impersonating an agent from the royal family even though she wasn't what is next Mark Love go ahead
8: a question for Chloe. I know you said originally you were in mergers and acquisition, and then you admitted that that was really just a light finger discount. Um, it's still know,
7: an acquisition. It's still an acquisition. <laughs> it may
8: not be a legal acquisition, but it's an acquisition nonetheless. And you and I got to talk some more afterwards. But I'm curious, in addition to your um, light fingers, did you ever have any other contracts that could lead to something more? deadly shows similar to what you did to andrew
6: what uh, i did
7: to andrew
8: and you I, just admit that
7: no no oh, no here's uh, the thing here's the thing um andrew andrew was a thief um as well and so um i guess you could call him a rival although i wouldn't call him a world-class thief okay um (laughs) but but um he 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 was lucky all right he was lucky um but um all those antiquities he wrote about that was from first class study of the things that he acquired um so uh you know i spent years um kind of competing for the same prizes um with him for for some of these um for some of these commissions and and the funny thing is that sometimes he was one step ahead of me and And leaving that stupid origami horse to taunt me. And, and it it was just infuriating because it makes no sense that this old, you know, this aw shucks motor mouth could pull that off. Okay. (laughs) Um, you know, but he had a nickname. He was called the blacksmith. Now maybe maybe that's because he had a very workmanlike um technique. I mean, really, who leaves Cheetos at the scene of a crime? Okay. Um but but you know I I think he took the Gutenberg Bible actually because of the orange streaked origami horse that was left. Um but you know I, I can't prove that. So so yeah I had um a so, rivalry with Andrew. I I didn't want him dead, but I had my own plans for Andrew.
0: So, again, two people in mergers and acquisitions who somehow couldn't figure out a way to merge. <laughs> I think they might have merged. I mean,
4: what's, you know, them being at the library at the same time as the sardonic manuscript? I mean, yeah, Andrew stole it, but who's to say Chloe wasn't in on it?
0: Wow, well, that's an nah. interesting question. Well, actually we have run out of time you guys we are we are at the end of the interrogations for this evening um part of that is my fault because i started us late because of my internet issues and part of that is just because you know we have a couple more days and we can't certainly solve the mystery tonight in addition to that we are still waiting for that coroner's report christopher i suggest sir that you call those people and find out what the delay is.
1: I think I may know what the delay is. It's another theory of mine. What if Andrew was in drag? (laughs) (laughs) That's that's
6: That's lovely.
8: That would explain (laughs) why they couldn't merge. Oh. (laughs) I feel your pain.
6: (laughs) I don't think you do.
0: Very surprised when they watch this replay. <laughs> All right. Um, so this is the <laughs> interrogation ends this evening. Who did it? Um, <clears throat> let's let's compile our notes. Um, ask some more questions tomorrow. We've only got a- three days total left in this madness, um, and technically it's only two days because the big reveal is on the twenty eighth so make sure again in your notebooks you um, note down that your accusations need to be slung on the website no later than noon on the 28th (laughs) inhale exhale okay scavenger hunt (laughs) let's shift gears scavenger hunt we are doing a scavenger hunt all this month um two riddles every day You will find the answers to the riddles uh, hidden inside the titles of each book that has been read each day. If you've been paying attention, you'll notice that you've already received two free riddle points, two, how do we say, get out of jail free cards for the riddle, um two of them so if you want to know what two they are you need to go back and watch the replays to figure that out thank you riddle master jacob bullen for helping me to create this really fun super amazing game uh the dead body of fingerprints on our chalk outline as you can see the list of people who are getting to the heart of the case is getting greater and greater um, Deborah Reed, you are still in first place with 197. Andrew, right behind you, with 196. Amy at 181. Chloe at 125. Ruby, 123. Jen Rinaldi, 117. Marianne Wieland, 112. Emma Palova, 111. Jules Nelson, 102. And Mark Love also
8: tied. Yay!
0: <laughs> Yay, Mark! Oops. Um, on our um, five finger discount hand, you will see the leading detectives outside of those who reach the heart. Uh, Christopher Gare, Mark McCraw, Preeti, I'm not gonna brutalize your last name because I know I will. Um, Jennifer Reigns, Mandy Joe, and Melinda Falgo. We have had 593 pairs of eyes, on our crazy wackiness this month so far. Here's the witness ledger, just in case you're wondering about the daily totals. We are about to give away loot on the spinning wheel of happiness. If your name comes up on the spinning wheel, please send an email with your mailing address to me at diana at And we will send out your um, your winning books, uh, by March 5th. We will get those out in the mail. The majority of them have already been shipped. <clears throat> but if you haven't received it, wait until March 5th before you complain. Okay.
8: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and, and by the way, you have to complain if you don't get them because if you don't complain, I won't know. Um, my precognition is even fuzzier than Ruby's. So you actually have to send me an email. Okay? Okay. Okay um while i get the spinning wheel of happiness in its final air of preparation i have a quick question for the authors in the room as you are the majority of people here tonight authors this is always a fun thing for me to ask um but before we get into tonight's question i want to remind chloe that i made a mistake last night and did not call on you because you were flustered at the very beginning and then at the end i was flustered and and no problem almost forgot christopher no but but the ghost of andrew said that he would haunt me if i did not ask you so the question is what is your least favorite or most favorite character that you have created in one of your books
7: you know, I, I think my most favorite is always the one that I'm working on right now. Um, and so um, my my current hero is um, a, a tech CEO who develops kidney failure and needs a transplant, but is having trouble getting matched. So that one is fun. Um, but I, I answered the question in the chat last night um, with... Sometimes my side characters are way more fun than I anticipate. And right. in in Flyboy, which occurs in a little Texas town, uh, Beulah Mae Jenkins' The Town Gossip was tremendously fun to write and actually a fan favorite, too.
0: That's fantastic. And and you read a little piece of that on the Andy yes. Reads Aloud podcast. Right, right. So anybody who's intrigued, go listen to the podcast and and you'll be able to hear a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, and, and with Chloe joining our family, I now have, what, five more books that I've added to my TBR? <laughs> One of them is sitting back here waiting for me. So, um, okay, so tonight's not-so-lightning-round question, while I prepare the spinning wheel of happiness, authors, <clears throat> I'm going to ask you, and I know this is going to be tough because we all have lots of them, or at least we should, even though we may not admit it. What is your biggest editorial frustration? What is the thing about what you write that your editor calls you out most on? Uh, we're gonna start with Christopher.
1: I have an inordinate amount of times I use the word was. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's a sneaky
1: one. Uh,
6: Mary what about you? Um, I haven't had really good professional editing. Um, But I think, I think it's um, switching perspectives and not realizing I've done it. Uh, So that's something that um, I have to work on. And when Diana does my next couple of books, I think I'll find out the answer to that question. (laughs) uh, Just in case you're wondering, the technical term is head
8: hopping.
0: Just in in case you were wondering. Uh, Mark Love, what is your Editorial frustration.
8: And. H uh, A D had. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've gone through manuscripts myself and tried to clean that up and get rid of it, and it just. And then I get it back from the editor, and she's like, "We've had this conversation before." I, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, as someday. an editor, as an editor, that's probably my biggest pet peeve is people who overuse that word. I read pen that one a lot. Um, I had to do it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. Uh, Mandy Joe, what about you?
6: Mine has actually been using the wrong spelling of a main character because it's actually my
0: editor's first name and I keep spelling it the way she spells it. <laughs> but in the book, I put it with, her name's Vicki. And she spells it with an e but in the book i left the e off and by default i keep typing
6: it with an e and
8: someday
0: it's okay (laughs) i i spelled my son's middle name weird just so that i would always make sure i got it right um (laughs) chloe what about you
7: mine is really not so much of a copy editing um thing but in an in an early draft the first draft anyway i just kind of i get to um the big deal the the climax and that's wonderful and then i i'm afraid of overstaying my welcome and boring people and so then i kind of just rush through to the end and it happens every time and i fix it you know on subsequent revisions but i don't know how i'm going to stop that that it it always happens
0: that rush to the finish line thing <laughs> Right, um,
2: Lisa, do you have an editorial frustration? Not necessarily frustration. I think I just get a lot of um, comments back about like punctuation. But other than that, I usually get a lot of really positive comments back. But I also do children's books, so they're shorter. <laughs> yeah, fewer <pure laughs> words to edit. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: Deborah Reed, what about you? Oh,
4: well... <laughs> So one of my editors has made the comment to me that with every book, I use a certain word way too much. But the thing is, is that it changes with each (laughs) book. So, So one book, it was the word large. The next book, I think this latest book was bro. Because like my characters were like, hey, bro. I mean, they were like a lot of guys. So it's like, hey, bro. Yeah. You know, hey. And he's like, Oh my gosh, just stop. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's like, and, and I've tried, I've tried paying attention to that. And it doesn't matter how much I pay attention to it. There is always a word that is circled over and over. And I think I, I did actually Google it one time. And there was one time I used a certain word like 89 times.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so much fun (laughs) Um, so redundancy is your frustration (laughs) Uh, apparently
6: Jules Nelson what about you I used the word looked way too much Um, turned slightly less than that and then had is my third one so
0: okay Uh, Jen Rinaldi
6: oh comma ablation
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nice use of vocabulary. Good job there. Um, Jennifer Rains. do you have an editorial frustration? Um, yeah, mine's actually
4: uh, language across countries. So I do have um, an American publisher who uh, said to me, Australian English was fine. Australian spelling was fine. And I took that to mean that Australian grammar was fine too. <laughs> and so... Um, I, I do have some challenges with um, US grammar. And so yes, we- Yes, but do-
0: you know what? You're forgiven because you live in Tomorrowland.
4: So <laughs> it's okay. No, no, not We do have some twos and fro's and there are some things that I cannot accept.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
5: um, Ruby, think. So it's a toss up between my use of uh, commas And uh, last book I wrote, my editor told me I was using the word retorted too much. And to prove her point, she hit the command F and apparently I had used the word retorted 37 times.
6: (laughs) So I had to fix it.
0: (laughs) But it's good use of vocabulary. Yes. Not a lot of people use it. So kudos to you for good use of vocabulary. Thank you. Melinda, have you run into any crazy... Weirdness in your editing? Um from, oh, no. Oh. Was that me or was that everybody? From a copy like, we... editing
3: standpoint, um, I um and refuse to give it up. Um and then from from a more um plotting perspective or writing perspective, um sometimes I tend to write a little too screenplay slick um and have to go back and remember that yes just because you're running this as a movie in your head doesn't mean that you know you don't have enough pages to actually spend some time with these characters so that your readers can really get to know them Mm -hmm. um so I have to I have one foot in both because I write in both um disciplines so sometimes I have to remind myself which discipline I'm writing
0: (laughs) got it Okay. Preeti, have you had any editorial frustration points or snafus? Yeah, the
3: uh, nonfiction book, my nonfiction book, I I think I overused the word probably because I wanted it to like sound, I didn't want it to sound pushy or preachy. But then my editor was like, no, it's, you don't have to use that too, too many times. It doesn't sound that way. So it's fine. Then I had to cut off probably.
0: <laughs> okay, good. Um, Dana Storino, what about you? Do you have any editorial
2: bugaboos in your head? Well, the, the Golden Bee was my first book. Um, so <laughs> I had a ton of problems. Um, The one I struggle with is, and I never knew this uh, term for it, screenplay slick. I do the same thing. I love dialogue so much um, because it reads fast to me. And I love that. I'm not big on, I forget to, to create the the ambiance I forget the five senses but I think I've gotten better with that with like what are you smelling what are you seeing what you know what's going on like Mm -hmm. give the feelings of the room and and what are the people what do they look like so now I've focused on that I'm sure now I've developed another horrible habit that I'll find out when I give it to her (laughs) but yeah
0: that's about it okay um mine is my editor tells me over and over again that I tend to start the book later than I do which means for instance the book actually starts in chapter four so I have to take everything that's in chapters Mm -hmm. one through three and move them somewhere else because the book actually starts in chapter four so Mm -hmm. probably my biggest problem is that I try to give too much setup when I start the book because that's the nature of plotting um, you do a lot of setup so um, usually the first three or four chapters of the book I have to rearrange and move somewhere else that's that's my piece of wackiness it just shows that you should become a pantser <laughs> <laughs> I
6: was gonna say you know, we just throw it right in the middle
0: there's there's too many of you that have been trying to convince me to go to the dark side and I'm just not giving it up I'm sorry I'm just yeah I'm not no sorry I like my outlines they're very comfortable for me <laughs> They they nice. give me a, like like an you know, Alinus in his blanket. My outlines give me a great sense of security and I'm not willing to walk away from them just yet.
5: You can still or keep the outlines. Ever. You just gotta be a little more uh flexible. Uh, when- I- i'm tremendously <laughs> flexible i moved
0: three whole chapters to someplace else in the book i'm tremendously flexible fair enough
8: right <laughs> he's calm too
0: <laughs> i'm a gemini i tend to be weird okay so am I. <laughs> all right here we go we are going to play this spinning wheel of happiness and let everybody get on with their nights and be less chaotic okay please somebody tell me you can see the wheel Yes. Yes. Okay, good. Um, I'm going to make sure the sounds on. Yes, sound is on. Yay. Okay, here we go. Um, Tonight, we are going to give away two books. The first one we're going to give away is Lisa's wonderful children's book, which is um, uh, let's talk learning to bowl, which is fabulous, spectacular little children's book. Um, And then the second one, Christopher, let me go back here. Christopher, let me ask you, because the book is not yet released, do you want to promise a book of the new release to someone? Or do you want to give away something else in your catalog?
1: I'll tell you what, whoever wins it, if they have the choice, I can either send them one I currently have. If they'd rather wait, I will send them one as soon as it comes out. Awesome. I'll give them the choice.
0: All right. So um, if your name comes up on the wheel the second time for Christopher's book, send me an email at diana at pagespromotions.com with your mailing address and um your um your selection for christopher's work you can find christopher at easily enough christophergarrett.com and then you can look at his catalog and he'll send you the one that you request all right so we're gonna go to the wheel we're gonna spin it two times and then we're getting ourselves out of here um yes you can see the wheel right right right
8: right. yes yes
0: good okay all right here we go spin number one for lisa's book yay You're gonna love this book, and Linda's it's, it's awesome. Okay, and here we go. Spin number four two for your choice um, from Christopher's catalog. Here we go. <laughs> now that's awesome. Now you you guys know. This is completely random. There's no way I could have predicted that each other would get each other's books. I just like. <laughs> but I think it's fun when it happens. I think it's awesome. Okay, um, before we leave tonight, um, Christopher, I'm gonna let you have the last word um, because it's your lunch day. So um, anything you'd like us to close out the night with?
1: I'm so sorry, I'm drawing a complete blank. <laughs> Oh, no. well, I'm I am so sorry I made you spit coffee or whatever it was you were doing or what you're drinking earlier. I am so sorry about that. It was not planned, but it was funny as heck.
4: Glad I can entertain.
1: <laughs> I am enjoying these. Diana, thank you so much for this. Um, these have been incredible. I love each and every night. I'm pretty sure everyone else does too, so I look forward to tomorrow.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. I'm, I'm having a good time, too. I'm glad you guys are enjoying yourselves. Um, I'm always surprised at the end of the festival to find out that people are having a good time. That always surprises me. So it's nice to hear it from you guys. I appreciate it. Um, everybody, have an awesome evening. Come back tomorrow. We're almost at the end of this, you guys. You don't want to miss a moment of it. Come back tomorrow <laughs> at 7 o'clock. We'll see you then. Bye.